All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was, Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your new show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all of their other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. I hope everybody had a good weekend. It was actually warm here, Tim. It warmed up a little bit. A touch. Yeah. It was like a balmy 27 degrees. A balmy 27. Then we got hit with like a dump load of snow. And it was funny. My plow guy came and plowed my driveway. He got stuck. His <laughs> of dad, course he his, did. His dad came to tow him out. His dad got stuck. And then, so we had to get the neighbor to come by to pull his dad out. And it was just a whole mess. Like this was, this was on Saturday morning. It was just a complete mess. And I had somewhere to go. It was a, it was a, it was just a show. It was your driveway. It's like the Oregon trail. It's just like so long, so windy and bumpy and dirt road. It's, it's beautiful. It's yeah. I I don't envy the guy who has to plow it though. But he said he would. And it's just like, if you're a plow guy, you got to know what you're doing. How do you get It's not even flat. Like this, it's like a two track. Yeah, it's it's not paved. It's a two track, but it's not like crazy steep. I don't know. It, it was really funny. There was one guy stuck, another guy stuck. I was trying to get out, and I was like, "Let's go!" And then, man, these it was it was really funny. The kids got a kick out of it. Is it crazy expensive to have that plowed? So for you listeners, my driveway is a good. I'd say it's a half a mile long. Would you Would you say, Tim? It might be a little bit less than that. That seems a little long. bit less. Like a quarter to a half a mile long. I would say it's about 800 meters, maybe 1,200 meters. Okay. Around that area. I'll allow how, it. How much do you think it would cost to plow that driveway, Tim? 
I don't, I've never been a homeowner. What's a regular driveway cost? Like, like a regular driveway in town is 25 bucks. A uh, hundred bucks? $30. What? This guy quoted me. I, my, my eyes could have popped out of my head when he said, yeah, I'll do it for $30. I was like, okay, sounds good. Have a good day. And I just like ran as fast as I could. I was like, this is the deal of the century because it's going to go up next year because he, 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 I think he's realized like this is a pretty long driveway. So I, I made out like a bandit this year. 30 bucks. It's insane. And what are you going to do out. the rest of that money, the money you're saving? Oh, I'm just, I'm just burning it. I'm starting my fire with it. It's I just like free money. It's unbelievable. So it's, it's been good. It's been another thing that's been good. The snow we've gotten, it's just been like one day of just a torrential snow. And then we haven't gotten snow for like three, four weeks. And then we'll just get killed for two days. So he hasn't plowed that much. So it's been, been nice in the pocketbook, Tim. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? I do. All right, moving on. There's some news. We got some news with the New Jersey, Devil, New Jersey Devils. Did you know that they did not have a captain this year? No, but I guess no? I haven't been paying much attention <laughs> to the New Jersey Devils. Did anybody but, outside of New Jersey know that they didn't have a captain? <laughs> I don't think most of the people inside New Jersey knew they didn't have a captain. <laughs> no, I don't. But anyways, they named the captain. And Okay, if you were going to name a captain for the Devils, who would you name as captain? This is what we were talking about earlier. Honestly, though, on that team, who would you name as their captain? Uh, I, I don't have the roster in front of me. Zajac comes to mind. Is Kyle Palmieri still there too? Kyle Palmieri's still there. They have Zajac. They have some veterans. Yeah, they have some guys who have been there for a long, long time. Yeah, I would have picked one of those guys. Yeah, you think Zajac, who's been there for 15 years, he's just played his thousandth game with the New Jersey Devils. You know, maybe you throw him the C for the last few years of his contract and his career. Send him out as a captain, not just a perennial assistant captain. Andy Green was the captain before. He's never had a chance to wear the seat. You think that would be the classy thing to do? No. They give it to Nico Hishire. Hersher. Is that Oral Hershiser's son by any chance? <laughs> it's pretty Is close. It not? So this kid was Grandson. the number what was he? He was he the number one pick or the number top three overall pick a few years back. I think he was one ahead of Nolan Patrick. Oh, wow. So he really has not panned out, this Nico kid. So he's playing – this is his – I want to say it's his fourth season. He, he His first year was his best year. He had 56 points in – sorry, 52 points in 82 games. Respectable. Yeah, it's a great a season. You know, you're coming in. You're Yeah, you're the first overall pick. There's high expectations. You do pretty well. He regressed his second year. He only had 47. His third year, he regressed again at 36. He's been injured this year. He just played his first game yesterday, actually. So he, he's coming back from injury. He's named captain. He's now the youngest captain in the league. He's the second Swiss captain ever in the history of the NHL. I don't know. Like, what do you think if you're Travis Zajac, if you're P.K. Subban, if you're Kyle Palmieri, if you're even a Kyle Wood, like a, a guy who's the glue of this team, what do you think with now that this kid's your captain? Does this change anything? Does this alter your game plan? I don't know. Does it move the needle at all? Excuse me, not Kyle Wood, Miles Wood. Miles Wood, I'm yeah. I think of Kyle Palmieri. I, I mean, it's got to be the long play, right? It's just like, okay, we're not going to be a contender for, for several years. Let's give this kid the responsibility. Let him grow and groom him in this role um, in a low-pressure environment. You know, they're not expected to win many games. Give him that shot. I'm curious, though, like if you're the GM – do you have a closed door meeting or at least like a courtesy call placed out to Zajac and Palmieri and guys like that saying, Hey, before we announce it to the team, I wanted to let you know, this is what we're doing. 
you think that happened or no? You have to. Yeah, you, you have to give the respect to those guys because, gosh, he just played his thousandth game in, in one city. That's very rare. Very rare. Unless you're a super superstar who has a no move clause. And Zajac, he's not a superstar by any means. He's just one of those glue guys who just goes about his business. He's not an insanely offensive player, but he's just a solid guy. He played 1,000 games with the New Jersey Devils. Like that, that's a pretty big feat. So if you're the GM, if you didn't talk to him, I'm, I'm upset if I'm Travis, Travis Zajac. That's a tough name to say. Travis Zajac. I always liked him. I, had a, I, I told you before, I have a soft spot for those types of centers like the Kyle Turris and Derek Stapon and Derek Broussard, like those guys. I, I, I like those types of centers. I think they, they're probably a number three center on like a cup winning team, but I always think they're kind of unsung heroes a little bit. And I think Zajax is one of those guys who flew under the radar for pretty much his whole career, but he's put up solid numbers. I think he had just just over 500 points in a thousand games. I mean, it's nothing to scoff at. And like you said, the, the fact that he's just been quietly doing that in the same the same organization for so long, it kind of speaks about who he is as a player and as a person. Yeah, well, I faced off against him when I was with the Rangers, and man, is he special. We we played them in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we were heavy favorites. We we had a stack team. We were Cup favorites that year. It was us in L.A. And everybody was just like, it's going to be Rangers LA. It's going to be huge. The biggest team in the Northeast, the biggest team in the Southwest. It's going to be awesome. And we played them. And I tell you what, aside from Martin Brodeur standing on his head, he played great. And it was what a great series. We had Brodeur and Lundqvist going head to head. Like, are you kidding me? It was unbelievable. I didn't get a chance to play in those games, but I watched them all. And it was, it was just fun. And Zay Jack, he played he was unbelievable defensively. He locked down Gabrick and Richards and Callahan, that line. He shut them right down. And then on top of that, he was a killer on the penalty kill. He was unbelievable on the power play. He was the difference maker in that series. And he scored the, the game six overtime goal to send them to the finals where they got swept by L.A. We would have given L.A. a chance. And it's funny, Tortorella, I probably would have played in that L.A. series because they're a very physical team. And Torts, he, he just kept telling me, I was a black ace, he's like, Stay with it. We're going to need you. Stay with it. We're going to need you. So your guy could have played in the Stanley Cup Finals if Zajac wasn't on the New Jersey Devils. How cool would that have been? Do you, but, keep going. No, go ahead. Uh, do you remember like one of the very first episodes we were doing together? And I had on the whiteboard, I spent like an hour. I thought you played in the, the, the year before where the Rangers went to the uh, – God, did they go to the Stanley Cup or the, or the Cup Finals – the year that Marty St. Louis like lost his mother and then played like unbelievably. And I thought I don't that recall was him. I don't recall. Oh, so like I put like the whole, this is like, I barely knew you. This is like the second episode we did together. And I had like this whole strategy, like all these bullet points and questions on a whiteboard. And you came in, you like looked at it for like 10 seconds. You're like, yeah, I wasn't on this team. <laughs> yeah. Erase it. We're moving on. Thank you. Good preparation, Tim strike one. But no, it just, what I was getting at was it was just, he was the guy who stood out and you know, the Devils had a good team. They had Kovalchuk. They had Zach Parisi when he was in his prime. They had all these great players. And the things that came, they had Adam Henrique when he was really, really good. The thing that I came away with is Travis Zajac was just unbelievable. He was a stud. And he, he did all the things on that team that and he never got recognized for because Zach Parisi did them too. And everyone's like, oh, Zach Parisi, he's great. This American great hope and whatever. But anyways, congratulations to him moving on. Speaking of the New Jersey Devils and Adam Henrique, Henrique, he got put on waivers. Can you believe that, Tim? It's strange. I, I don't know what the thinking is there. 
you know, he had 43 points last year. He had a good year last year. It was his first year with the, the Ducks. Or I don't know if it was his first full year or his second year with the Ducks. Who knows? They signed him in the offseason of that last year to a big five-year deal, over $25 million. I think it was 28 some million dollars. So he's, he's getting 5.8 a year. It's is the second year of his contract and they put him on waivers. Mind you, they're probably not going to send him down. They're just hoping another team picks him up because they're going absolutely nowhere. And Enrique isn't getting any younger. He's not having a great year statistically this year. And the ducks are just an absolute train wreck. If it wasn't for Gibson, they would be incredibly bad. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. You see this a lot. Teams are putting pretty high end players on waivers, hoping another team will pick them up get out from under their contract. What do you think? Do you think anyone will take a bite on, on Reek? No, he cleared waivers today, so no one picked him up. And, and I kind of, like we like you said, we've seen this more and more, and I think we're going to see it even more. as kind of like the, the post-COVID world. There's a lot of uncertainty. The salary cap, I think GMs are, are tightening the purse strings a little bit, hoping that someone else is going to take a bite on a player that normally wouldn't be available. Um, but no, so far, no one has. As you can see, that obviously he just cleared waivers. So There's more and more of these contracts that – when they were signed, you kind of went, hmm, you know, maybe might be bad. And then all of a sudden we get hit by COVID. The salary cap is frozen. Everybody's scrambling for money. There's no fans in the seats. The owners are scratching to find money wherever they can find it. And these contracts are glaringly awful. And this is one of them. When I, when I read that he made $5.8 million, I was like, holy boy, oof, oofta. That is not a good contract. Anyways, moving on. Another thousand games was tallied this past week. Do you know who it was, Tim? Uh, I don't. Who was it, John? It was Sidney Michelle Crosby. He played his 1,000th game. Did you know his middle name was Michelle? I did not. Is it really? I don't know. It's, it's definitely not. But, yes, one. <laughs> are you surprised that he has only played 1,000 games? I, I would have assumed that he's played more for some reason. It seems like he's been around forever, and it kind of shocked me that I was like, oh, it's only his 1,000th game. And then also another thing that shocked me was he hasn't put up that many points for 1,000 games. Don't you think? Like he's only put up 1,278. And that's not nothing. But when you look at the grand scheme of things and the pace other players are on at 1,000 games, that doesn't seem like that many for Sidney Crosby. Or am I just crazy to think that? No, you're not crazy. I would have thought it was a lot higher too. And, and you know, <clears throat> the fact that he's only at a thousand games despite being in the league since what? Oh, five is just, he's missed a lot of time for an injury. Right. And which means also he's probably played hurt a lot of those times. It was one stretch. I was looking at his stats earlier today from 2010 to 2013. He had like 115 plus points every single year, just putting up silly numbers. But outside of that, like he's, he's had some down years. I mean, obviously no one's knocking Crosby's incredible talent, but I would have thought for sure, he was he was probably closer to a point and a half per game, you know, not just a twelve hundred mark. Um, you must have been looking at someone else's stats. You got it in front of you? I don't want to correct you, but I was just gonna make a point where he's never really led the league in points. He's only done that twice in his career. And during those times where you mentioned two thousand ten, twelve, and thirteen, he was injured all three of those years. And I was just gonna say that he was on such a like great pace before he got injured that if he didn't have those injuries he would have been at a different stratosphere right now so I just think maybe we just think Sidney Crosby is a player he isn't oh come on he he had his first year he really came out of the gate strong his second year he won the heart he had 120 points it was a great year and then he he's never been the best player in the league since then points wise 
I don't know. I was shocked when I saw all these stats. I really the, was. Like, what I was looking at, uh, I'm remembering now, it was a point-per-game pace. Like, what was his points per game <clears throat> during those seasons? Injuries shortened, but he's putting up silly numbers points per game. Why is that? Exactly. But that doesn't translate to actual points. So, like I was saying, he does get injured. He only plays 41, 22, 36 in those three years. And those were his prime years. Like, that, that's, that's when he was at his best. And since then, he's been a very productive player. Like, you're, you're getting 80 points out of him, 90 points. But you're not lighting it up like I, like I thought I would. I, I, when I opened up his stats, when I saw he played 1,000 games, I was like, he's got to have 1,600 points. He's, he's got to be up in the top 10. Like, he's got to be, you know, up there. Because when you think of Sidney Crosby, you think of greatness. You think of just a, a guy who's the best player in the league year in and year out. And I don't know. And I'm not knocking him. I'm very surprised by his point total. And so it got me thinking, where does he line up in the greats? Like, is he in the same category as Gretzky Lemieux, Gordie Howe, Yarmer Yager? Is he in that category? Or is he in the tier below with guys like Dale Howarchuk, guys like um, Steve Eisman, Joe Sackick, that category? Where does he fall when it comes to his legacy? Because his best years are behind him. We've seen that. And his point totals are slowly declining. He's gone from averaging 80, 80, 80. Obviously, at 47 last year in a shortened season. He's getting, you know, he'll get his 60 this year, but he's not going to lead the league in scoring anymore. That's just not his bag. Where do you see him, Tim, lining up when it, when his career's done, whatever it may be in five, 10, four years? Where does Crosby lie? Well, one thing you have to keep in mind is how much he's developed as a two way, like, defensive player. He's such, he plays such a complete game, and having, like, such a stacked roster around him, taking the pressure off and not just put up points, but be that kind of the leader and complete, incomplete player that it takes to win those games. And he's won. Two cups, you know, he won two cups in a row a couple of years ago. <clears throat> the narrative being pushed over the weekend, though, in anticipation of his 1,000th game, is putting him uh, number number five, or the top five all time. The kind of pushing him just outside that Mount Rushmore. We had that talk over the summer, and I think pretty much categorically it's uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, Orrin Howe, but they're putting Crosby right behind that. And I, I, I can't really, I don't know a lot of his older names as well as probably you do. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not a student of the history of the game, but I can't imagine, I don't know, people, many people older than like 30 would agree with him being that high up. Yeah, it, it's tough. It, it's different generations. Obviously, back in the 70s, 80s, it was easier to score. You know, there wasn't an emphasis on defense. The players weren't as good, arguably, along the bo- across the board. The goalies weren't as good. We, we can see how the goalies have progressed, the pads, the style, the athleticism. Things have changed. But you can also say that they've changed for the players as well. I don't put him in the top five. Gosh, I have a hard time putting him in the top ten. Honestly, of all time, that's a stretch. I would like to argue with someone who puts him in the top five. Like, I think the top three are, are Lemieux, Gretzky, Yager. You know, I, I think you're you're there. And then you have a list of guys like Gordie Howe, Bobby Hull, Marcel Dion, even players like Joe Thornton, Aguila Flora, Brian Trache. Like all these guys are so incredibly good. A Stan Makita. These are great, great players. And they all have more points than Crosby. Mike McDonald has more points than Crosby. We'll see where Crosby ends up point-wise. I know what you're saying about his defensive side. You can't tell me Stevie Y wasn't a great defensive player. You can't tell me Joe Sackick wasn't a lockdown guy. You know what I mean? Mark Messier, Yuri Curry for Pete's sake. Like these are really, really good hockey players. So, I don't know that that's a conversation to be had another day, but uh, 
I am hard pressed to put that guy in the top 10 and I'm not even naming defensemen like Bobby Orr slots in there pretty high as well. So he, he's had a great career, but I think from when he came into the league as this next phenom, the next Gretzky, he was like coronated. He was ushered in. They've been following him since he was 12 years old. I don't think he's lived up to those expectations. And I think those three years when he had those injuries with his concussions and everything else, that was a big, big wrench in his, his career. So I don't know. It's brought up such an interesting conversation too. Like when you're comparing him to some of the older guys, particularly Lemieux and Gretzky, just like sparking looks like how different the league was, right? Like in 1985-86 season, Wayne Gretzky had 215 points, which is just stupid, right? But there are 13 players that had 100 plus points that year. You know what I mean? The game was just different. Yeah. It's just different. There's no two ways about it. So it's really impossible to quantify like which, what those guys were like and how they do in this league and how Crosby would do back then. It's just, it's just so, so different. You can't really it's underestimate apples and that. oranges. It's way different. When you watch one of those games, there's no defensive strategy. Like it's just, everyone's like, it's a one-on-one on battle everywhere all over the ice. And if, if you go to one-on-one battle and you're Crosby, you're licking your chops. When we played Crosby, it was always, we're going to two-on-one this guy whenever he has the puck. We got a D-man, we got a forward coming down. That's how we're going to play him. We're going to sacrifice leaving open a D-man, and we're just going to bottle him up. We're not going to let him have any space. In my opinion, that's what makes like what, what McDavid's doing just so much more impressive in this today's NHL. Or we like Kucherov a couple of years ago had like 130 points. Like that's, that's not really done anymore. The fact that these guys are doing stuff like that just makes it, I think, maybe stand out a little more. All right, everybody, listen up. Your company's salary cap is probably tighter than it's ever been, and you can't afford to miss on a new hire. Every person you add needs to fit just right, just like Tim does on the podcast. He fits perfect. That's where Indeed helps you hire great people faster. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates instantly with Indeed Instant Match. So you can do the part you really need faster, meeting and hiring great people. Unlike some hiring sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility, delivering a quality short list faster. Now, you want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed right now. Listen up. Our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is Indeed's best offer anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer is valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Absolutely. And he just had a big milestone as well, Tim. The segues, the segues in this episode, I think, are the best segues we've had um, in a long time. Well, less good now that you're calling them out, though. They're smooth. They're transitioning nicely. We've went from Hershiser on the Devils to Enrique, <laughs> back to Zajac, 1,000 games to Crosby, Crosby milestone to McDavid with 500. Are you kidding me? You can't, you can't write this. You can't train for this, people. We're the pros. But anyways... Back to McDavid. He had 500 points, 369 games. You know who else had 500 points in 369 games? Sid the Kid. Sid the Kid. That makes his 1,000 games even more glaring. If he had 500 points in less than 400 games, if you do the math, he should be close to 1,500 points right now. Yep. So he's really pumped the brakes on his points. I don't know what – I don't know. We've already gone through that. So, okay, McDavid has 500 games – or 500 points in 369 games. How impressive is this feat? How, where does he stack up? How great can this kid be? And mind you, what makes his feet even more impressive, his rookie year, he breaks his collarbone. He, he's killing the rookie year when he's, when, he's, when he's there. Busts his collarbone out for the rest of the year. 
His final game of the year two years ago, he snaps a ligament in his leg. No one knows he's ever going to come back. It's a major ligament. Could be a career ender for some people. He makes it back for the start of the season, kills it, has a career year, 116 points. Last year, he's killing it again. COVID cut short the season. This year, we got COVID. He didn't have a normal training camp, truncated training, everything. There's so much stacked up against this kid, and that's just the, the intangibles. We're not talking about teams game planning against them because they really only have two players to stop and teams literally shadowing this guy on a nightly basis. And he's still putting up like game. What's it called? Gaming Sega Genesis numbers. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Where, what, where do you see McDavid in 500 games throughout his career? Or sorry, uh, 500 points. Oopsie. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible. The things that he's doing, like every single night, there's just highlight tape st- stuff that just doesn't make any sense. It kind of boggles the mind. The running joke is just that the only reason McDavid's in the NHL is because there's not a better league, right? He's just like, he's, <laughs> I've never heard that. He's just, he's just miles and heads and shoulders above everyone else. And people are trying to, you know, I think the conversation, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to just like react to what's happened in the last couple of weeks, but People could were trying to say McDavid uh, versus McKinnon, right? McDavid versus Matthews. Mm-hmm. I don't really think there's much of an argument right now in terms of who the best player in the league is, and, and I don't think it's really a second place is even close. Um, as talented as those guys are, but McKinnon and McDavid's just doing just just stupid things on the ice right now. Yeah, when you look at him, he he's the best player by far. There, there's no if ands or buts about it. The fact that I traded McDavid for Dreinsaitl, my fantasy hockey team, and Pasta. And I get Pasternak in that deal. It's it makes me look like an absolute genius. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, but you did nothing. All you did was sit and hit accept. You're you're darn right. I did, and I hit accept as fast as I could because that is that's an unbelievable trade. But anyways, so he makes 500 points in the eighth fastest. Do you know who the first seven are? Can you can you name five of the seven? Let's okay. let's do this. Gretzky. Yes, obviously. Um, Lem- come on, Lemieux. Yes, he's number so, two. They're, they're Yager. Two. Yager. Yager's not in there. So Gretzky made it in 234 games. Lemieux made it in 287. They're the only two guys who made it under 300 games. So give me, give me <sighs> one of the next five, and I'll be impressed. Um, Solani. No. Howarchuk. Negative. I'll give you a hint. He played with Gretzky, one of them. Messier. Miyari Curry. Sorry, number six. There's Lindros at five. Bossy at four, Peter Stasny at three, and Brian Trache at seven. So McDavid slots in at number eight, 369 games. He's tied with Crosby. Gosh, it'll be fun to see him when he hits 1,000 points, won't it? Do, yeah, you think, many- do you think it takes him longer than 369 games or less to get to 1,000, over or under? Oh, that's a great question. Um, honestly, under. I'm going to say under. He just keeps getting better. He keeps getting better. I think so, too. I, I believe he, his, he has not hit his ceiling. I think his point totals, gosh, will he ever hit 150 points? That's a question. Nobody has really come close to that number in a long time, but if there's going to be someone to do it, it's him. I, I like the Oilers. I really do. They've been coming on as of late. Mike Smith has stepped in. He's been playing really, really strong. They played Winnipeg the other day and absolutely just beat their doors off. Like seven to one, it wasn't even close. By the way, speaking of fantasy, Tim, I gave you the option of trading for Tuka Rask or Connor Hellebuck, and you took Hellebuck. How was his first game on your roster? 
I, I didn't notice, John. I've, I've been busy. I've had a busy couple of days. I don't think I've seven goals against whammy. <sighs> and then you gave me a throw in goalie. Elvis Merzlikens gets a shutout his first game. Tim is lickens his wounds after that trade. Owie. You were, you were going to drop him. <laughs> I was going to drop him, and I was like, oh, he's starting tomorrow. I'll throw him in. Kid gets a shutout. Can't be upset about that. But then he got pulled the next game in the third period because he gave up two goals in like 20 seconds, and Torch is like, that's it, enough of you. But anyways, so McDavid, going back to him, is his feet just insane? Is is it so special that they, we can we can label him in the Mount Rushmore of hockey players at this point in his career? The way teams are strategizing against him, the amount of adversity he's had stacked up against him with the work stoppages, with the injuries, with the COVID, with all this stuff. I remember playing him my rookie year. It was his sorry, his rookie year, my last year. We played him a handful of times. I was with Arizona, he was at Edmonton. You could tell this kid had an extra gear, and he's only gotten better. He's still young. He's still 25, 26 years old, so he hasn't even hit his peak, peak prime years. I don't know. Where do you see the, the ceiling for McDavid as far as points and as far as his legacy? Does he need to win cups? He hasn't even been to an Olympics yet. Like, what does he need to do to be considered the greatest player of all time? That's a good question because it's, the answer is not beat Gretzky's point record. Like, no one's ever going to touch that. The league is just Agreed. different. So you yeah. can't compare points to points. It's just not – It's just. And I think if, if McDavid continues this trajectory, especially if, he's, if he keeps getting better like he has been every year, I think there's going to be a conversation where he, he has to be considered the best of all time. I don't think there's any two ways about it. It's too soon to say now. I mean, it's still, what is he played, six seasons, seven seasons? So it's still like, he's still young. He's still, you know, thriving. But um, I, I just hope that people don't look at purely the numbers and compare apples and oranges to say, hey, Gretzky had a thousand more points. So McDavid's not even close because it's just not the case. Yeah, it's just too bad because when you do look at their overall body of work, it's like, okay, who has the most goals in NHL history? Oh, it's Gretzky. Who's got the most assists in NHL history? Oh, it's Gretzky. So he's got the most points, yes. Who's won a bunch of Stanley Cups? Oh, it's Gretzky. Who's got the best plus minus? Oh, it's Gretzky. Who's got the most all-star game? Oh, it's Gretzky. Who's got the most heart trophies? Oh, it's Gretzky. Oh, who's got the most assists? Oh, he's got every award, like every single individual award Wayne Gretzky has. He's the only guy – out of all the four sports where he is that dominant, where he just he has every single every single category, Gretzky's at the top of it. Like, I'm, and I'm not even over exaggerating. Every single category, Gretzky owns an award. I think at one time he had like 27 individual awards. Like, it's it's incredible how good he was, and we can't take that away from him because he played in the era with 700 other guys who were playing the same game. They were doing their best to stop Wayne Gretzky, and they couldn't do it. So any one of those guys could have been just as good as Wayne Gretzky. They were still shooting against the same goalie. They were playing against the same defenseman. They didn't put up that many points. So Gretzky, in my opinion, will always be the greatest just because of that. I, and I, I know if they were on the ice at the same time, those two players, McDavid is a better player, hands down. But you put Gretzky in 2020, you give him this training, you give him this nutrition, you give him all the stuff that McDavid has to make him a player that he is – Maybe Gretzky's even better. Maybe he puts up 3,500 points. Maybe he's just insanely good. So, I don't know. There's that. Oh, Tim, there's an outdoor game going on right now. There sure is. It's 2-2 two to two at the end of the first period out in Lake Tahoe between the Bruins and the Flyers. Oh, d- did Pasternak score on a pass from Marshawn? <laughs> do you have both of those players, John? I have both of those players on my fantasy team. How do you have Pasternak, Marshawn, and McDavid? It makes no sense. 
Isn't that funny how that works out like that? I must have a really good team. Because those arguably might be the top three guys in the league, if you think about it. Drine Sinel is probably thrown in there. I should probably try to go and get him. Maybe. Maybe next week I'll try to trade for Drine Sinel. But anyways, anything else to talk about, Tim, this fine Monday morning? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to go try to catch the second couple of periods in this game and just chill and get ready for a big Monday. Yeah, it was. I found it strange in the in the game yesterday in the outdoor game. They had an eight hour intermission. That's strange. Did they have a really big um, uh, show like a concert, like a full concert where they melted the ice and had a band and then froze the ice again? Because I didn't see that. I just saw yeah. the long intermission. Yeah, it was intentional. You know, they planned for it. it it's funny because when I I played in an outdoor game, I don't know if you knew that. It I was, was there, John. We talked about this. You were at that game. Yeah, in California. I does it. I have the worst memory. Does that shock you that I have no recollection of that at all? You've been punched in the head a lot, so. <laughs> I guess so. But so we had an outdoor game in Northern California. It is very warm this time of year. We had to wait until the sun crested just below the stadium. I don't know why Gary Bettman thought he could have a game with the sun shining on the ice. I don't understand that. The sun is hot. This just in. It's, and then when hot stuff hits cold stuff, it melts, and it's hard to skate on. So I don't understand the reasoning by putting an afternoon start time to this game. Maybe they thought they could beat the sun. You know, my first reaction was like, how many advertisers and sponsors put so much money into this, and how pissed oh, are they going to be? Yeah. It's it's got to be terrible. I, I always think of the Phil Kessel. Good one, Randy. <laughs> Good one, Gary. Good thinking. <laughs> so, anyways, they had to push back the start time to midnight Eastern time. So it was a complete bust. No one watched the game. The sponsors were upset. The players were upset. They had to. I bet. I don't know what they did. Did they take their skates off? Go back to the hotel? Did they stay in Lake Tahoe right by the, on the golf course? You know, I don't know what they did. Can you imagine if Kessel was on one of those teams? There's no way he's coming back after nine hours. <laughs> There's no, buddy. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Phil, I want you to jump on the uh, jump on the bike. Stay loose, Phil. Come on, we need you for this one. Second period starting. I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to do it. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I, I rented a movie in the hotel. I only got a couple hours left. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I got to get, get Demers to see if he talk to Phil for me. That's what I need to do. Jason Demers. But anyway, so very exciting outdoor game. They were throwing around ideas for the next outdoor game. Now that they're not doing it with fans pie in the sky. Where was your like coolest location for an outdoor game? If you're a casual fan, you're not a hockey fan. You're a casual fan. Where do you think the coolest idea for a hockey game could be to watch in Canada or the United States? go i don't know anything about canada alaska maybe alaska would be pretty cool some of those mountains and just kind of the it's like the movie right mystery alaska i think that would yeah. be pretty neat i was thinking lake louise it's it's a small lake in uh the rocky mountains that'd be cool it's got I do like, know that yeah it's glass that'd be cool it's the, the, the top of the mountains they've done commercials there for beer and stuff you always see players up there skating and it's just majestic it's unbelievable that would be cool or even doing one like can I say Mexico? Probably not. Cause I said the USC and Canada, I don't know the status of Mexico is right now, but like, honestly on the beach, if you could somehow set up the refrigeration, do it in Southern California, right beside a beach volleyball court. How cool would that be? How about Traverse city? 
right here. Tell, tell me about it. That'd be cool too. In Traverse City, Michigan, that actually you get some fans. You get some. It would fans. be it would be a good location for it though. It would be Traverse City is beautiful. If you've never been to Traverse City, everybody, good. Don't come because we don't want you. There's too many people here as it is. But anyways, that's it, Tim. Oh, tell us about your hockey game you had tonight. We won four to three. Got a little close at the end. We were up four to one, and then they scored a couple of goals and scared us a little bit, but we held on. So are you guys doing a playoffs or are you going to do an extended season or is it just kind of truncated regular season? How's that going to work? I think as far as I know, we picked up right where we left off. So it's just going to keep going into a little bit, you know, into the spring summer, but I think we're still supposed to get all our games in. Mm, Good for you. I miss hockey a little bit. I opted out this season. I couldn't risk it. I opted out. So I I hope, you know, things get better next year and I'm going to be back in action next year for Jolly Pumpkin. One of the uh, kids on my team today was like, hey, I didn't know you listened or you did the podcast with John. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And he was talking and he goes, wait, were you there when like when John was just ripping into Jerv? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he goes, dude, that was so funny. Like everyone was just giving him such a hard time. Yeah, was, I'll it- rip into anybody. If you want to be roasted by me, just send a message to our email account. I'll rip you on, on air because it's fun. We got Especially a tweet from uh, we got a tweet from Aaron last week when you just t- called him a girl with a girl name. Who's A-A-Ron. Aaron? Who's Aaron? Remember we were reading the tweets last week and you were like, "Who's Aaron? Why does he have a girl's name?" It's, it's Aaron. a girl's name. It's a girl's or a boy's name. I don't like the multi-sexual it's two different names, name. John. Two different it's names. It's a boy. It's it's it sounds the same way to you, to everybody on Earth. Just because you have a Boston accent, Aaron, Aaron, like a. You're from Boston. No one else in the world is. You guys have stupid accents. Aaron and Aaron. The two different names. Aaron and Aaron. <laughs> Sounds the same to me. All right. Potato, potato. But I don't know. If you name your kid, give him a name that they're not going to get confused. I agree. Hi, I don't think my Aaron's name's one of them. Michelle. I'm a girl. My name's Doug. I'm a boy. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. Parents are too cool these days. I, I don't get it. But anyways, everybody, we will catch you this week. Tim, I was thinking about asking Ally Afraidy for an interview. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know anything about him. I know the name. Do you know him? Recorded the hardest shot in NHL history in this slap shot competition with a wood stick. Very, really? very cool guy. Yeah. So I thought Chara had that record. Not with a wood stick. Chara beat it with oh. a composite stick. Cheater. Gotcha. Super, super cheater. Composite. Anyways, he's got some uh, composite. What a... <laughs> composite stick it's a composite stick yeah did he play in the nhl or no briefly composite composite <laughs> composite composite stick one piece <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know the terms tim go to bed just, john they just give them to me and i just use them someone asked me the other day they're like so did you use like a stick every game i was like no nah. i use one every <laughs> 10 games like i, I barely like three a season Barely touched a puck when I played. I just made sure I had enough. At the end of the year, I would just grab like 25 of them. I'm out of here. Thank you. I need these during the summer to train. They're still in my garage. I'd I'd never touch them. Summer stock. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you're doing well. Any last words, Tim, of of advice for the fans? No, I just hope we get another uh, good interview this week. I hope so, too. Let's bank on no, but hope for yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop 
for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.